Hi there, this is Jeff Ayers, and welcome to Beyond the Cover. My lovely co-host, John Robb, is ill today. Feel better soon, John. What that means, though, is I get the wonderful opportunity to chat all by myself with the wonderful number one New York Times bestselling author, Charlene Harris. Charlene, how are things going for you today? Well, pretty good. I'm getting over the Christmas croup, so I am uh, feeling much, much better and ready to face the new year. Oh, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. My wife had that, too, and oh, my goodness, it just knocks you out. It does. Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, So let's talk about uh, A Longer Fall, which is the book that comes out on January 14th, wherever fine books are sold. And that is your second book in your Elizabeth Rose series, or Gunny, if you want to go that way. What's A Longer Fall about? Well, it's a continuation of Elizabeth's adventures. Um, She has to form a new gun crew because her old one got wiped out, except for her. She was the last woman standing. And she uh, accepts uh, a position on the gun crew that's protecting a a mysterious crate that's going to Dixie from her country of Texoma. In my book, uh, the U.S. is divided differently because of uh, a conglomeration of circumstances uh, at the time of the Depression. Well, I noticed also that uh, like the Romanovs are still around and everything else. So kind of wondering, what was the initial spark that sort of set the divergence between what we know and what your world is like? Well, the Romanovs lived. They escaped at the last minute, but no country would accept them. So they were a dreary, uh, ocean-going cavalcade of misplaced Russians and former Russian troops. Uh, And they roamed around for quite a few years until uh, William Randolph Hearst invited them to come stay, the royal family to come stay at Hearst Castle. Then the government of California crumbled. Uh, Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt never took office. He was assassinated before he could take office. The banking system crumbled. Influenza wiped out a lot of people in the U.S., and at the end of that, uh, the Romanovs found themselves ruling California. That's so cool. Um, and I just had this flash of uh, I had this flash of Orson Welles directing the movie Comrade Kane. But <laughs> um, curious how the character of uh, Gunny sort of formed in your mind and this world. What sort of was the spark that originated this all in your head? I've always been fond of movies where there were women who could handle guns and and they could kill people and get away with it. And I guess that Gunny is a little bit of a wish fulfillment of mine. I'm not really capable of that. I think. I think I'm not. So I, I just thought I would like to write about a woman like that who took it quite for granted that she could handle a gun. She's very skilled with it. And, in fact, that's her marketable skill. So that's what she makes her living by doing. And yet she's very young. She's 19. And uh, that presents uh, a whole another set of problems in her life. 
Well, I, I have a teenage daughter who's 18, so I, I'm getting you there. <laughs> I've been there, well, buddy. <laughs> well, she, she's such a strong character, and it, it's it's so great to see. Um, I'm curious, though, I'm kind of confused by these terms. I've heard this series being called dark fantasy. I hear it being called urban fantasy. And I'm curious, what is the difference? And also, it's really alternate history as well. It is alternate history. Um, In fact, one publisher didn't accept the series because they said it was too dark, uh, which I find impossible to understand. To me, it's it's kind of a optimistic and resilient uh, fantasy <laughs> uh, because she yeah. finds a way to she finds a way to make things work. She finds a way to steer her uh, her charge clear. She is uh, she is very focused, and I just like that about her very much. Uh, it is all it's alternate history western. Rural fantasy. How's that? <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, when they tell beginning writers when they want to get published, you know, you have to know your genre and everything else, you blend so many so well. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, uh, thank you very much for the compliment. And I think it all came about because I'm very easily bored. And I I like to keep changing up what I'm doing to keep myself entertained. Um, If I can't keep myself entertained, I don't feel I can entertain the reader. I can understand that, yeah, for sure. Um, What inspired – so back when you were a younger, uh, what inspired you to start writing to begin with? You know, I just, I had to do it. Um, It was all I ever wanted to do, and though I had to make my living doing a lot of other things, I got a golden opportunity to stay home and write full-time, and uh, I had to make it work because not many people get that chance. That's true, absolutely. Um, Your first few books were Mysteries. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you also, why did you sort of jump from that to doing the mixture of the supernatural, uh, the urban fantasy, and all the other wonderful things you've been doing? Uh, boredom. Um, I, I love the mystery genre. It's my go-to genre, and I feel like I'm at home there. I still go to a lot of mystery conferences. Um, and there is a mystery in almost every book I write, I I mean, a regular mystery. But uh, I just just wanted my, to let my imagination have a a looser rein, and I wanted things to happen that would would, uh, keep me entertained. That that makes sense. Um, How hard was it to convince your agent and then editor to uh, make the jump with you? It was it was pretty hard. Um, my agent was really dubious uh, about Dead Until Dark because, not because he didn't think it was a good book, but because he didn't, he just couldn't see how he could sell it. And of course, that's, that's his job. 
but right. But I thought I, I just had a lot of faith in that book, and I just I just knew it was it was the right book. It was the right book at the right time, if he could find someone who had the vision to uh, to take it. And eventually he did, but it took two years. I got lots of rejections on it. Well, and I'm sure all of those people are uh, hitting themselves now with what I rejected that. Oh my God! What was? Jeez, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say I'm a huge, huge fan of Aurora Tea Garden. Um, I like how the books and movies have kind of diverged from themselves because in the movies she's dating this professor, and I'm sure it's just because they got a nice contract for that actor. You know, and in the books she's married to Robin and they have a kiddo. So I'm curious, um, how how did the Aurora film series sort of get launched with Hallmark? And I have to say it's the best film series on that channel right now. Oh, well, thank you. Um, not that I had anything to do with the, the movie, but people do seem to be enjoying them, even though it's like a shiny, scrub-clean version of Aurora, who, after all, yeah. is a, you know, a human person and not a virgin. Uh, <laughs> but I was really pleased. Uh, the Aurora series had been around for, you know, quite a long time. That was my original mystery series. And I was really glad to find a way to introduce it to a new audience. My concern is always uh, to promote the books. And it seemed to me like if I, if I made this contract with Hallmark, that the books would get a new lease on life and more people would read them. And in, that's what happened. And I've been enjoying my association with Hallmark. I know it has its own demographic, and I'm at peace with that because everyone needs something to look at on television, and my mother-in-law just loves it. She just loves it. So uh, I am, uh, I've been very pleased with it so far. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I have to say I'm probably only a straight white male who actually watches the uh, Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I assure you, you are not. Oh, that's good to know. Um, speaking of television, you've had tremendous, tremendous success. You had the Suki Stackhouse series, which was on HBO, True Blood, and uh, you had the Midnight Texas series on NBC. I'm wondering uh-huh. if you could talk a bit about how those both got launched as well. Well, uh, True Blood was, you know, like my baptism by fire. Because not only was it my, the first TV series that got adapted, it was from the most successful book, series of books I've written. And Alan Ball was at the head of it, and he is, you know, he is a genius. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was fascinating dealing with him. He's he's a wonderful person. He was always wonderful to me. And uh, meeting the actors, watching the filming, um it was all a huge learning curve for me. I don't think I'd ever had a conversation with an actor in my life until I met the cast when I was doing a personal appearance with them. So you can imagine how terrifying that was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But on the other hand, it was always, 
I knew even then it wasn't about me. <laughs> it was about them. <laughs> so it was, uh, in a way, relaxing doing an appearance with them because there was no point in me trying to be anything like a professional actor. I was definitely the odd man out. But it was fun, too. And was it was it similar then for Midnight Texas? That was a lot lower key because uh, the stakes weren't as high. The tension wasn't as high for me because I kind of knew what I was getting into. And I was able to pay a little more attention to how they were going about creating a TV show than I was with True Blood. It wasn't... Um, I didn't always need to be, you know, totally alert and watching everything and absorbing everything because I knew I was uh, more familiar. And I really, truly enjoyed the process of watching Midnight being created and uh, meeting the actors who were all just charming people and being on the set some. It was just a very positive experience for me. And I really, really regret that it didn't get renewed after two seasons. Yeah, I was sorry to see that as well. Um, as an author myself, and I'm sure other authors listening to us, they're saying to themselves, wow, I've always wanted something of mine to get made into a TV show or film. You have had the opportunity to have three wonderful success stories, essentially. What makes your book so appealing? to TV, and how did you make the leap so successfully? Well, um, that's an interesting question. If I really knew how I did it, I would be, you know, doing it a lot more often. Um, I guess the city books sold themselves, really. Now I have uh, some wonderful agents out there. I did have a, another series going to pilot that didn't get picked up. And I have two that are um, in the making. So we will see what happens with those. It's such a um, chancy thing out there. You just never really know what mix of people and actors is going to strike the, strike the bell for, pe for viewers. So it's just, what I'm trying to say is never count on it. Right. <laughs> no matter how gotcha. far along the process gets, never believe it's going to be on the air until you see it on the air. That, that makes total sense. Um, so you mentioned there's possible things down the road. Um, are we going to see uh, Gunny on the screen? And I'm curious, who is the perfect actress to play Gunny in your mind? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes, it's possible you will see Gunny. And I oh, just... Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think Caitlin Deaver would make a great Gunny. But I trust that they will pick the right actress for the job if it if it does get that far. You You really have to. I mean, who would have thought of Anna Paquin for Sookie? That's true. She, she's not American. She's not Southern. She's not blonde. Uh, and she's not psychic. So I was just, uh, 
or rather she isn't telepathic. And I was just, when they said Anna Paquin wanted it, I thought, what? And I thought, well, okay, I mean, we know she can act. So it's all about the excellence of the acting, not the physical match the person is for the character. Right, and and Caitlin Dever is is an amazing actress. That uh, one she just did on Netflix was stunning. So oh, I, I look I, forward I to watching that. it. She she's amazing at it. You you, you got to watch it. Um, she's been amazing at everything I've seen her in. I I would agree with you. Well, I'm curious, um, since you write about the South so well, what makes the South so perfect for your settings? Oh, well, I'm Southern, and I could possibly, I don't know, if I could write from a New York point of view, I suppose I could, but it would take a lot of stretching and pushing myself into an unaccustomed shape. I'm just, uh, there is to it. Okay. Well, yeah, because I was thinking, you know, I grew up uh, near Idaho and thinking if I wrote about Idaho, you know, I would be um, great sleep-inducing books, but that'd be about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people are so different, um, not because they're southern or northern or, uh, you know, Floridian or Idahoan. Is it Idahoan? Uh, Idahoan, but yeah. Okay. Would you like uh, it's potato? not because of, you know, actually, yes. Uh, it's not really how what state you're from, but the fact that people most of most often want the same things. They just go about getting them in different ways. Oh, I like that. That's a wonderful thought. Thank you for that. Um, sure. Um, so, gotta gotta ask: uh, Do you have thoughts of eventually crossing your characters over between the different series? Well, sometimes that works, and sometimes that doesn't. In the Midnight books, I had a character from every other series I had written because I just wanted to see him again. And Mm -hmm. I found a natural way to blend them into the narrative. Uh, I can't think of other, well, obviously not with the Gunny Rose series, because that's just a different time and a different America. But some of the others will blend more or less well. Yeah, Aurora and Suki. Yeah, I don't know if that would go too well. No, I I don't think so somehow. But then Sookie and Harper Connolly, yes, uh, there are there are definite possibilities of a crossover there. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, a lot of agents, when you're a beginning writer, talk about uh, creating a brand, and I'm curious, what do you consider the Charlene Harris brand? Huh. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. I'm too old for that to have applied to me. When I started out, because my first book came out, um, gosh, a long, long time ago, 36 years, maybe 40, 
Um, so I wasn't too worried about branding then. That's a, a very commercial concept to me. <sighs> I don't know. I would have to say my brand was Adventure with Strong Woman Protagonist. Well, I like that, actually. And you said yourself also, you write novels that um, you don't want to bore yourself. And as a result, you're also not boring the reader. Yeah, hopefully so far. Um, one of the other things I love about your uh, use your website, and I have to say thank you for your blog. I really well, sure. enjoy I really enjoy your refreshing insight into about you and the things you're reading and things like that. And other authors, you know, I don't really care what they're having for dinner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do know, and I do realize that um, I try to make my blog just a balance of not too personal about me, uh, but at least to let you know what I am as a human being and what my concerns are as a human being, which are very much like those of my readers, I think. And I love to recommend other books. No, and, and I definitely enjoy that. Um, I'm a book reviewer myself, so... Uh... I'm always passionate, especially about the really good stuff, and I hope people are finding my reviews and will read these books. And uh, I'm happy to see um, not only that you know people are reading your stuff, which they should be, but also you're recommending some great stuff too. Well, I try to. I try to. I just don't talk about the books I don't like because you know I hope if other writers don't like my books, they won't see fit to you know publish a diatribe about them. So uh, I'd just like to talk about the books I liked. And that, that gives not only insight into you, but also it's nice that you're not being negative. And we don't need negativity in this world right now. Oh, my God, no. Not right now especially. We have as much negativity as we can handle, I think. Uh, sadly, I agree with you. Um, what is after this book comes out, what is next for you? That's a big question mark there, Jeff. Um, this is the end of my contract with Saga. Uh, and so I hope very much that they will uh, offer me another one. But you just never know uh, today what's going to happen. Um, anyway, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Uh, Got to get some more from you. This, yeah, this that would not be acceptable. Tell your agent that. It would. <laughs> it would. It would leave me at, uh, at you know hanging in an odd space. Uh, I wouldn't like that. For for a few months, I had no contract with anyone. Uh, when my contract with uh, Penguin came to an end, and it was the strangest feeling because I'd had a contract for so long, which was enviable, you know, a great position to be in. Right. 
Well, well, fingers crossed for you, uh, but I don't have to worry. I know that they're going to be smart and not stupid. Um, (laughs) My my last question for you is, um, I mentioned your blog. Where can uh, people find you online? Well, um, I have a a book and blog on my website, which is just www.charlaneharris.com. I'm on Twitter, courtesy of a friend of mine, at Real Charlene, and um, oh gosh, I answer questions on Goodreads. So, and I answer questions on my website. Um, I feel like I'm as accessible as I could possibly be, and I do answer questions myself. So. Oh, that's wonderful. I, my daughter always says Instagram is the way to go. Do you do Instagram? You know, the same person that does my Twitter does my Instagram. And she, uh, you know, I tell her what I want her to say, and she says it, and she puts in pictures and all this stuff, and I'm just not technologically um, adept to do this myself. I probably could be, but I just don't want to. Well, and also, uh, you'd be taking time doing that instead of writing off some stuff. So Yeah, that's what that's I tell myself. I just don't know how writers do um, all this and work. I just don't know how they do it. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I have to agree with you. Um, Charlene, it's been a thrill. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. You're so welcome, and I hope your cohort becomes well, and uh, thank you for inviting me. All right. Well, best of luck with the book, and um, we will be talking soon. And if you're at Thriller Fest this year, let's make sure we say hello. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.